he already let me in on it and said he's gonna do a a a introduction or a precursor to the Black Lives Matter move um, Bible study series that we're going to uh, be blessed to uh, be taught uh, on today. And so I, it is with great joy and honor and a pleasure uh, to introduce this young man who's going to bring our word for the morning. He is none other than my father, Dr. S.C. Nash Sr. Why don't you stand on your feet and receive our executive pastor as he comes with the word for the morning. It's been a busy weekend for we have gone to Muskogee for the funeral of Yolanda White. And it was some kind of funeral. But, um, it's good to have a driver. And uh, I might say our pastor is a mighty fine driver. And he demonstrated his ability by driving to and from. That's a a good four hours drive. We got back last night about 10 o'clock, 10.30. And uh, he and I, I, I'm just riding, but he and I were tired. <laughs> and went straight to bed. But thank God for Pastor Nash. I have the assignment of dealing with Black Lives Matter. And uh, we're going to use the book that I've written, Positive from the Black Corner. Some of you have it. What we will do is have some more made and make them available to you. And I'd like to encourage for the first Tuesday or the second Tuesday of the month of July, first Tuesday. First Tuesday of the month that you would give the first 22 pages their reading that we might have a discussion. 
But for today, I'm looking at Genesis chapter 10. And if you will, just give me an amen every now and then. Genesis chapter 10, verse 6 through 12. And they read... And the sons of Ham, Cush, Mizraim, Put, and Canaan. And the sons of Cush, Seba, Val, Val, Vila and Sabbath and Rima Sebekja and the sons of Ramoth Seba and Tidan and Cush beget Nimrod. He began to be mighty, to be a mighty one in the earth. Right. He was a mighty hunter uh -huh. before the Lord. Wherefore it is said, even as Nimrod, the mighty hunter before the Lord, right. in the beginning of his kingdom was Bethel. Babel, Eric, Akkad, Kalna, and the land of Shinar. Out of that land went forth Ashur and builded Nineveh. In the city of Rehoboth, and Kayla, and risen between Nineveh and Kayla. The same is a great city. Why don't you say amen? amen. These are unfamiliar scriptures, but it pays to spend some time with the unfamiliar. I want to just talk with us this morning from the subject, Lessons from a Black Superhero. Lessons from a black superhero. Right, right. Might sound 
rather strange that I would place the ethnicity of our character for the morning as black. But black lives matter. We raise the question, is it just a popular thing? Or has black lives mattered? And when I look at the question, it's not just a popular theme for our time. Black lives have always mattered. And I would to show that biblically by way of our text today and by way of this study. They didn't just start mattering. For you to remember, you heard about it or you read about it, Someone told you that Noah and his sons were the progenitors of the earth, especially for our second beginning. You know that there was a flood, all right, all right. the great flood, right, right. but God decided to start over. Right. Adam and Eve and their descendants had been washed away. And when God thought in terms of starting again, the human race, he chose Noah and his son to be the progenitor of the human race. That's not new, and that's not new news. For most of us have heard the story of Noah and his three boys. 
and how at the end of the flood they landed on Mount Ararat. And from that mountain these sons scattered throughout the earth. It's important that we note their beginnings. And I really want to recognize the importance for Noah and his three boys were black men. And throughout our study we'll make reference to that fact. It's always been black. I'm not just talking about the times in which we live. I'm not just talking about dark days. It was black when the earth had a new beginning. For his black children shared with all mankind the essence of life on earth. And it shouldn't be a strange thing, but white folk have done a, a job on our race to the point that We don't think of black being beautiful. And we certainly don't think of black being holy. But when we read the scripture, I mean, being a Bible people, it makes sense that we would know that black is holy. And I think that for this generation, 
that is alive now, we've got to emphasize the black men who began the earth and began the race were basically holy men. It ought not be strange. What's strange is for black men to be absent from the church. Because providence has had a hand in our lives All right. from the beginning. Yes, sir. It's not by accident no, sir. that our lives are providential. Matter of fact, if we study, and we've got to study hard, we'll discover that black men are part of the redemptive story. So I dare to point us again to the sons of Noah, and especially Ham. Remember that Noah, too, is black. I've argued in my writings that if Ham is black. Uh-huh. Noah can't be anything but You're right. black. If right. a woman comes up pregnant, all you do is check that father who has denied it having anything to do with it. Blood. For the blood runs through the child's vein. And so 95 to 99% you can tell who the daddy is. Because the child is, in essence, carrying the father's blood. So there's no way that Ham could have a white daddy.
or that Noah could have a, a white kid. Ham is a, a black name. Matter of fact, most scholars credit Ham as being the father of the black race. The name Ham means dark skin. The name Ham comes from the Egyptian word Cam. Which is the strongest term for blackness. It means black lamb or black people. The Hebrew word for ham is cham. It also means black or Egyptian. If ham is Noah's black child, then according to scientific, the scientific community, Noah had to be black. For scientific studies declare emphatically that conception occurs by a male seed which fertilizes a female egg. This means that the father's blood, not the mother's, flows through the child's vein. That's the validity of the blood test today. I'm talking about in this 21st century. It proves who the father is. Yeah. Noah's blood runs through Ham's vein, and if Ham is black, Noah can't be anything but black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This means that Japheth, which is one of the sons of Noah, yes, and Shem are black children as well. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. G. Campbell Morgan in his book, An Exposition of the Whole Bible, says, Christian ethnologists still claim that all the races of today can be traced back to Noah's three sons. Wow. 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 Yes, 
talking about G. Campbell Morgan, one of the more contemporary writers in the Christian world. He's more an authority. These three sons were born of the same father and mother. And all of them in their immediate family spoke the same language. be a major task to explain the differences of race without considering the millennia of crossbreeding. On one hand, the curse of God on the other, and the millennia of environmental change. But after this dispersion of the people at Babel. The three sons of Noah scattered. One went north, another south, and the other went eastward. North was the son Japheth. South was the son Ham. Shem went east. And consequently, new tribes, new languages were born. And I borrowed that from George M. Lamsa in his book entitled Old Testament light. If you care to look it up, look at page 35 and 36. But looking again at Ham in our scripture text, in verse 6, we're told that Ham had four sons. Cush, Mezraim, Put, and Canaan. Now we know more about Canaan because almost all of the Old Testament is written of him and his kin. But consider with me Cush. Verses 7 and 8 lists the sons of Cush. But verse 8 elaborates on one son more than others. Nimrod is his name. So first of all, this morning, I think we ought to consider Nimrod's blackness. 
the son of Cush. Now, I can tell you now, when we hear of Nimrod, negative thoughts enter our mind. Because that's what this Eurocentric culture has done to us. But I'm glad the Bible makes it clear to us. Nimrod is a son of Cush. Cush is a son of Ham. Cush means black face. And his people settled in Africa. The Unger Bible Dictionary informs us that the Cushites migrated to Africa. That's when the other sons of Noah migrated. They didn't go together. One went north. That's Shem and his descendants. One went south. That's Ham his descendants and the other went east and throughout the centuries they've gone through changes chromosomal changes But they started out all black. Did y'all hear me? Cush in Ethiopia refers to the same place. Both terms means black face or burnt face people. It seems that King James had writers back in 1600 to transfer the Bible that we have from the original language. We have now the King James Bible. But it didn't start out King James. That's but a translation. 
start out written in Hebrew and in Greek. In order for us to have King James, King James had to issue an order. So they had some 40, 49 men to transfer the Bible into English. They got the 1605 edition, which was one of the first. But don't think that that's strange. If you lived in Mexico, you would have the Bible translated into Mexican. Spanish, whichever. If you lived in French, in France you would have a French Bible. The ideal is that the Bible would be read in the language of the people. And so we had King James translators. And the sad part about them was that they were prejudiced in their translation. And so the language that people of this nation have was prejudiced. For this was a white man's country, not black, at least in their thinking. And so all translations were to be made so that the people of this nation could read it. And so instead of putting some Hebrew before us. They put English. We studied some time ago that there are some words in English that are not translatable. in Greek or Hebrew. There's some words 
in Greek and Hebrew that are not translated, translatable in English. These 49 translators of King James use some words that were not translatable. And so they substituted Ethiopia instead of Cush for racist reasons. But Cushite folk were those who settled in the area of Africa for the first time before anybody else. The Sudanese or the Nubians called them today Christians. The Arabs called them today Moors. Europeans <laughs> called them Negroes. And some go as far as saying nigger. The ancient Egyptian called them Cushites. But they were all the same folk. Now Nimrod is one black biblical character whom white folk portrayed badly. In fact, he was a powerful black brother of Noah's bloodline. The Bible calls him a mighty one. The Hebrew word for mighty one is Gibbah. It means giant chieftain, superhero, or champion. Nimrod was indeed a superhero. He was according to verse 8 of the text. Somebody. That verse says, he began to be mighty, a mighty one in the earth. You can be proud of this man, of Ebony Hugh, who was somebody at the second genesis of the human race. It's kind of refreshing for men and women of color 
be able to point to Nimrod at the beginning of this this new mankind. He's a black man. A great black man. Couched in biblical history for all time. We may not know it. Because we've been told otherwise. But know today. He was black as you and black as me. Not only note his ethnicity, note that Nimrod was mighty before the Lord. Not only was he black, he was a mighty black man. Verse 9 says he was mighty, a mighty hunter before the Lord. Wherefore it is said, even as Nimrod, the mighty hunter, before the Lord. This brother was bad. No wonder they would cast aspersion on him. Yeah. They can't spend time and energy and ink highlighting such a great man. You would expect that they would cast some aspersion. For you know that during the 1600s, you had the beginning of slavery. You can't worship a great black man and enslave him and his people was a black brother who was bad. It was said that he was so tough that he fought wild animals with his bare hands. We've got some great white theologians And we borrowed from them much of our understanding. Like Warren Worsby. 
But in his book entitled The Word, he says that the phrase mighty hunter implies that he was a rebel, that Nimrod was a rebel against God and a tyrant against his fellow men. And you've got many of one words be booked in your library. I got a shelf full of one Worsby, and he's not off in all ways. But this word. was enough to throw us off. And he's not alone in his posture. It's sad but true that there will always be someone to cast aspersions and negatives at the Nimrods and other black men. Thank God there were some who give Nimrod and who gave Nimrod his due. Consider what G. Campbell Morgan, another white theologian, says concerning this descendant of Noah, Nimrod. Noah's grandson. And Morgan says, what is clear and to be carefully observed is that his movements were under a direct divine guidance. even though he may not have been conscious of it. I just want you all to know it's page 15. God made Nimrod great. Might I say, if we consider that black lives matter, that God makes black men great today. There's nothing but the hand of God on the life of Michael Jordan, Michael Jackson. Or Jesse Jackson. When you think of black men who were sewing on the courts. And you say there's no way 
that that man could fly like he flies, shoot that ball like he does. Without God having a hand in it. sad but true that there will always be somebody that will say the negative. It was the hand of God on the life of M.L. King. They got some negative stuff about King. Some of these men may not know it, but God is in their business. Many of you, young men, parents have children who are soaring in their field because God makes them great. And even if they don't know it, even if they don't acknowledge it, They're great because God has laid a hand on them. And there's a warning. There is a warning. Nimrod gives that to us. And we ought to be careful. And the child needs to be trained up in the way that he will go so that he would recognize the hand of God on his life. There's nothing wrong with black lives matter. But we ought to recognize that black lives have always mattered. Because God has laid his hands on black lives and is laying his hands on black lives. Well, I've got to close. Note with me. Nimrod's accomplishments. Thirdly speaking, verse 10 tells us that he was the world's first king. I'm not just talking about that region. I'm talking about the first king of the world. 
verse 10 tells us, And the beginning of his kingdom was battle. If he had a kingdom, he was a king. Nimrod, the son of Cush, was the world's first king. He was a founder, the first founder of an empire. He founded Babylon. He founded Nineveh. Nimrod is in the spirit of his forefathers, descendants of Cush and Cushites had arts superiority to other people of their day. They were merchants. They were builders. Produced major architects. Had a peculiar mixture of language. I'm talking about Cushites, the people that Nimrod was a part of. And they had belief in one God. While others were running around. in grass skirts as we are often depicted in Africa. Have you caught sight of how magnificent the buildings are in Africa? Cushites, people of Nimrod's day, formulated the calculating and rectangular in that day, 2,000 years ago. Well, 2000 B.C., so that would be 4,000 years ago. They had developed uniform multiplication tables. Cushites, black people, they came up with square roots. By the year 2000 B.C., they had invented writing and signature seals to sign their letters. They also developed the first grammar system, including pronouns. The Cushite city of Aik was called Cushtown and was famous for its library, contained 
the sacred writings that were buried there before the flood had libraries of 30,000 volumes of books. They compiled the first grammar and bilingual dictionaries with some 50,000 tables. Black folk. Kushite libraries had 20,000 volumes that were mounted on cylinders and revolving stands. They developed dictionaries, encyclopedias, works of law and science and literature. White folk had the nerve to tell us that all black folk can do is run around in grass skirts in jungles. And we've believed it. There's evidence that Kushites, I'm talking about Nimrod's folk, in Nubia made the pyramids first yeah. and brought that technology to Egypt right. later on. We hear about the Egyptian pyramids, but we don't Go back to Cush and his people. Markings on the walls show that Cushites were superior in art, had a luxurious civilization, and were people of great knowledge. Nimrod was a Cushite and mirrored his forefathers in creativity and ingenuity. Yeah. Nimrod was a truly great superhero. And it's sad when you keep reading about him that Nimrod got beside himself. He thought he could be God. And that seems to be the downfall of many of our heroes today. The Lord has blessed them, but they've forgotten from whence they've come. The absence of the black man in church says we have forgotten
from whence we've come. The average size church membership is about 390 people across this nation. But black men constitute only 18%. In Sunday school, we have an average attendance of 83. But black men comprise only 12%. Black man must not forget from whence his blessings have come. Remember, it's God who brought you where you were to where you are. Remember, God has opened doors closed in your face. Remember that God made a way out of nowhere. He's blessed us with talents galore, but he's made a way for us to praise him anyhow. If it were not for the Lord on our side, we would not be here today. Black men ought to always remember that God made us and makes us great. That's the glorious news. That's news worthy of a hallelujah. For we are sons of the living God. It doesn't matter what white folk have said and are saying about us. We're children of the Most High God. Glory! Glory, hallelujah. It's our relationship to God that has brought us through many trials. It does not matter how many lies others tell on us. God, in his word, calls us a chosen people. We met the most damnable spirit of rejection. They brainwashed us with self-hatred distorted history, false standards, and present disparities. They've called us dim-witted, retard, stupid. But I'm glad 
that God says we are his sons. We're sons of the Most High God. That's why we can't afford to forget God. We can't forget how God has brought us. We cannot forget how God has taught us. Oh, oh, we must keep our eyes on God, for he changes not. It's God who fortifies us for the fight. God sanctifies us for service. God amplifies us with strength. God multiplies us with power. How dare, how dare you turn your back on God? Nimrods we have today. But we don't have to forget God. Matter of fact, we ought to remember him every day. There's a superhero mentioned in the Bible of black descent that's worthy of our praising him. Just don't forget God. This is that day. This is that hour extended to every one of us. We're not saying that black is the only concern not at all but we can be proud that it starts with us and we can be challenged that it does not end with us black lives matter Extend the invitation. If you're in in the building, why not come? This is a good day.
to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. This is a good day. Give yourself to him. For you matter and you've mattered to him. from the very beginning. Why don't you come? Offer Christ. My brother, we offer Christ. 